God, I love that thing so much. It's, it's so, so good. good. Oh man, I'm loud in my head. Oh my. Yeah, you're very loud. Let me uh, turn. I think actually it sounds okay. But whatever. Are we good? Yeah, you better. Okay. Just text us if we're shouting like <laughs> freakazoids. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are Scientifically Speaking Cornell University's educational science talk show. And we're here tonight to talk about Costco. So Costco is a $55 regular membership, $110 executive <laughs> membership. 39% of all Costco's memberships yeah, are I'm executive turn memberships. <laughs> um, uh, and it grew. Okay, so his mic is turned off right now. Um, so we can actually get back to talking about what we actually want to talk about tonight, which is... Poop. Poopy. And digestion. Yeah, sorry about that. I have a, a product project for retail strategy and I did a bunch of <laughs> research the last two days and like it's, about that. all the facts are stuck in my head. I just wanted to express <laughs> them. Perfect. <laughs> Alrighty. So Can now. I say one more fun fact about Costco? Yes. Apparently, uh, more so than at BJ's and Sam's Club, people yes. that shop at Costco shop there to have a unique experience of like exploring the store and finding a product that they wouldn't be able to find otherwise or huh. at every it's weird it's kind of weird interesting yeah so they've definitely really mastered like they have like a cult following yeah more than probably any other like grocery store or warehouse store i don't know the albertson's cult literally killed a guy so <laughs> <laughs> all right Fair enough. the albertson's cult had ritualistic killings um mm. and that's not what we're here to talk about today. nope we're nope, gonna nope, talk nope. about digestive system what happens when you put food in your mouth and then it comes out of your body later right yep wow and it only works if you put it in your mouth nope no you can get it directly injected into your stomach you can also drink through your eye which we talked about sorry (sighs) what alcohol oh you can drink alcohol through that's not the same as that doesn't enter your digestive tract well yeah it does no it doesn't no it doesn't your bloodstream (laughs) (laughs) the whole point (laughs) all right so, what is digestion? What? Do okay. Definition. So we, do, we should do the donut thing. Yeah, okay, no, let's I know. talk but, about okay. the all right, donut fine. thing. All right. First things first. So basically, so basically, you're all donuts. Okay. So <laughs> during embryonic development, we all start off as a little ball of cells, right? You know, sperm meets egg, and then it fertilizes. You get a zygote. It grows. It grows more and more cells, and you got a little bundle of cells, a little ball of cells. And one of the first things that happens is uh, you have this little indentation in the ball, and then it bores its way all the way through to make a tunnel. So it looks like a donut-shaped thing. And uh, the difference between large gr- between uh, different groups of animals is what that dent is becomes so <laughs> when you have that first dent in animals uh called protostomes that includes things like snails and uh all sorts of insects and stuff like that what that dent goes all the way through and that whole tube becomes the digestive tract and that first dent becomes their mouth in deuterostomes aka uh vertebrates so including us and echinoderms like uh sea stars uh that first dent becomes the anus so literally we start off as a ball of cells and then the first structure we make is the butthole so literally assholes before you're anything else you go from a bundle of cells to an asshole and that's and then we work up from there and and some of us don't work up from there So think about that. There's a a hole all the way through our body from our buttholes to our mouths. A continuous tube that of just like like of open space if you have all of your sphincters open 
from like just before your mouth until outside your butt. Yeah. And if you were to like flatten you from the top down, you literally would just be a weirdly shaped donut. And if you were to, in the middle. if you were to flatten yourself from the side so that you were only two dimensional, you would fall into two pieces because <laughs> you're not connected because you got a, a big yeah. hole through your body. <laughs> Bizarre. So two D, if two D beings existed, they their stomachs would have to be zipper like mechanisms. Yeah, that's the first change they'd have to make. <laughs> um, so anyway, like we said, the first thing that forms is your butt, and. You have this tube, and it goes through, and that's your digestive tract. And as you grow, it gets bigger and longer and super complicated. And like Shane said, we have at the end, we got, you know, these full awesome bodies with a giant hole all the way through it. A big oh. old tube, basically. And and you want that hole there. Yes. Because <laughs> most of the world is trying to kill you all the time. And or inadvertently would kill you even if it wasn't trying to. And so even when you eat something, think about this. Even when you eat something, for the most part, it doesn't go inside you. Yep. It stays at a tube oh my that's God. still technically outside. Exactly. I mean, and there's a reason for that. Because most of the shit you put in your mouth is shit. You don't <laughs> want it anywhere near all the important stuff. Yeah, you don't want to take a Big Mac and like just rub it up against your lungs. <laughs> Probably not good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. so, digestion. What is digestion? It's the breakdown of food and Absorption? Does it include absorption? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It is the breakdown of large and soluble food molecules into small water-soluble food mo- molecules so that they can be absorbed into the watery blood plasma. <laughs> Basically blood what that means plasma. is that you, take a, you eat a hamburger, you break it down, you chew it up, you break it down chemically, and then it turns into little nutrient molecules, and then you absorb that into your body, and then it goes through your blood and is brought to places it needs to be. So the digestive system is really important for life because... You have to. That's, that's just, you can't be without having some sort of energy right. source. Yes. Well, it's and you know because we're humans and not plants, and so we need to consume food to get energy, and so that's we need true. a way to do that. Plants don't how need we to do, do that. They just absorb the sun. All, all of, of the sun. The whole sun. Eat sunlight. All right. Where do we want to go first? Let's... We want to go right into the steps. Yeah. What happens I mean... when you the whole? Okay. Yeah. So, you, so you take your piece of food, which hopefully you're eating right now. You're all eating dinner, right? Like I suggested. Yeah. We really, really want you to be eating yeah. about eating dinner when we talk about poop later. So. Yeah. Really, it's important <laughs> to me that you follow along while eating. <laughs> so you take your food, whatever it is. Maybe it's pasta. Maybe it's some braised pork shoulder. Yeah. Which Zach had he, last night. Yes. Thanks, so Annie. That was very, very good. Um. <laughs> But uh, so you put it in your mouth. Well, actually, no. Before that, that's the, Before I've, that, I've already moved too far. There's a component prior. So y- you realize that there is food in front of you, and or think about food, and or smell it, and or see a picture of it. There's like a really interesting thing with like food advertisements where they all have good pictures of food because all you have to do is see a picture of food and your brain goes, hey, that's food. Let's start digesting things now. And so then all of a sudden you're starving. <laughs> Damn so it. what happens is like when you when you see food or smell food or whatever, your brain starts going, oh, shit, food. Yeah. And that's why you start getting drooly and saliva-y before you like, oh, man, I'm hungry. Because your mouth is like, oh, we're ready. It's we are the, so ready. It's called the cephalic phase. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And that's a terrible. And so Not really, it just means brain head phase. Yeah. Yeah, but it sounds really unpleasant. <laughs> um. So it's food priming is what it's called, and basically you get food stimuli, and your parasympathetic nervous system uh, stimulates salivary secretions, 
It tightens the esophageal sphincter, which we'll talk about the esophagus is in a second. But basically, it's the um, it's this. There's a, there are a lot of sphincters. You have a lot of body. sphincters in your body. So it's not, many it's not just the one in your anus or in your eyeball. Yeah, yeah we right. have a lot of sphincters. Oh my! Um, but so there's so there are one, two, three in your digestive tract. Four, more than that. One, two, three. Yeah. Four, five. There's oh. two anal sphincters. Oh, okay. So, okay, there's two anal sphincters, <laughs> so there's five. The first That's one you encounter is between your... Oh, yeah. Um, the first one you encounter is is between your esophagus, which is uh, like food goes into your mouth, into your esophagus it's, and your it's throat. It's basically your neck tube. Yeah, and then and there's between that and your stomach. It's called the esophageal sphincter, and that gets tightened when you start getting hungry because you don't want to just drop shit straight into your stomach without it <laughs> going through the whole process first. Although we'll talk about a little bit later why some people do that on purpose. They can turn it off. Um, okay. Yeah. So and then, have... so it does that. It stimulates gastric mucus secretions. Yeah. So you're, you line we'll talk about your, this a little yeah, more you when you line your stomach, stomach with mucus. Um, you start creating all of the secretions that you'll need to digest food in your stomach. So like I said, like you literally, like, your brain's like, I see that a picture of food. <laughs> I see a picture of food. Like, let's start digesting food, even though you're not eating yet. It immediately starts preparing and actually producing all the things to digest food, um, and it makes you start thinking about eating. Cool. That's the cephalic phase. All right. So let's go into when you actually have food on your plate right in front of you. Pick it up with your fork right. and you shove it in your mouth hole. <laughs> And so you're just your wet, sopping <laughs> mouth hole. Um, all right, so what do you do? What's the first thing you do when you eat? You, you rub your saliva all over <laughs> the food. You start tasting it with your tongue. <laughs> this episode is going to be mostly made up of noises that we're going to make. Um, so, yeah, your saliva. But what, but what if it's like a big thing of food? You can't just swallow it. You got you to break it up into smaller parts first. How do we do that? Mastication. Zach, we can't talk about that on air. <laughs> I told you, that's for private time. Mastication, a.k.a. chewing with your teeth, oh. is Whoops. mechanical digestion. So pretty much everything that happens in your body in terms of digestion is chemical digestion, except this first step. Actually, actually, because it squishes it. No, right? there's a lot of oh, there's a lot of also. okay. But so anyway, the, yeah, so you chew stuff, right? You take a bite and you're just like chewing it up, like nom, 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 and uh, that breaks it up into smaller pieces, pieces that are small enough for you to swallow. That's why your mom say chew your food, kids, because otherwise you will choke, because but your also, throat is only so big. Also, also, even if you don't choke, we'll talk about later why. Like, well, actually, we'll talk about it right now. Yeah, we'll talk you about need it right to, now. You need to break your food apart physically. Before you can start digesting most of it, because you need to do like a very important thing that happens multiple times throughout digestion, which is increase the surface area of your food. So all of the all of the different secretions that you have to bre help break down food while you're digesting it, they all require like as much access to as many parts of the food as possible. So if you have a giant ball of hamburger, right, like you can only get to the outside part. But if you split that into four balls of hamburger, then there's more access to more surface area. You're increasing area the there, surface right? area. Yeah. Of so the more the... you chew, the more surface area there is, and there more reactions can occur. It's like a steak versus ground beef. Exactly. One of them goes bad faster, and we want this. We want us to have the ground beef, which goes bad faster. But in here, it's going good. Going good. You're, you're digesting. Basically, it. in order to digest properly, you need 
like Shane said, as much access to the food as possible. So breaking it up or service area. Very Problem good. solved. Very simple. Yeah. So then what happens? Well, your saliva's all over it, and it's not mm. just water. There's some fancy stuff. Oh yeah, stuff that's in true. Your There's saliva. some other stuff in your saliva. A thing called salivary analase, which is a uh, an enzyme that starts to break down sugars in your mouth. So there actually is chemical digestion going on in your mouth. Immediately. That's why that's if you chew on a piece of bread for long enough, it eventually starts tasting sweet. I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. What? Yeah. Yeah. It starts breaking down the starch in the bread. The amylase will start breaking the down long the chain sugars, the and then Bruh. it gets to short chain sugars. And then you just have straight glucose in your mouth, which is pretty sweet, and it becomes sugary. I gotta chew my bread. So longer. if you just like yeah. chew on a piece it's of like bread, it's like a really long time. Yeah, it's like, like um, an uncomfortably long time. But also, You're like, wow, this is a sweat piece of bread in my mouth. That's a sweat a, piece of bread. This is also why nursing bottle syndrome occurs. When you fall asleep, you stop producing saliva, even if there's something in your mouth. And so when Dry infants mouth. when infants fall oh. asleep with a like a bottle in their mouth. The milk fills their mouth and kind of sits there the same way where, like, if you put bread in your mouth and keep chewing it, it'll just sit there. But there's no saliva to break down the sugar. So the sugar coats their teeth, and the bacteria in the mouth are like, yay, sugar! And then they eat their teeth away. (laughs) And it's horrible, and that's why you need to be very conscious of when there is a bottle in your baby's mouth. Or at least just always pair the bottle with a saliva squirting machine. (laughs) Also, can we talk about how, like, you know, you put food in your mouth and it's just absolutely covered in saliva. But yeah. if you like spit on your food before you eat it, you're like, I don't, ugh, I don't really want to eat that as much. <laughs> that is, like, imagine, imagine somebody who just you like had lots of weird things. Like, just, like that. took a sandwich and just started spitting on it. Jesus Christ! Yeah, but yeah, it's well, hard to make the noise without actually. That's spitting. like how like when hair is on somebody, you're like, wow, their hair looks incredible, and then the instant it leaves their head you're like oh god that's disgusting uh, uh, hair like, hair, fucking fucking hair. Yeah. basically anything that's part of the body that then leaves the body you're like i don't want this <laughs> which kind of makes yeah. all right let's go like, back to talking about vomit and urine it's all bad well yeah we have to leave early today because of yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. hockey so uh, so 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 you've ch- you've chewed this thing okay it's covered Tune in saliva it. started to break down it's broken up into smaller pieces then what then you, ch- you swallow it Ooh. And it goes into your lungs, right? Yep. Exactly. And then you're it done. goes into your lungs, and then you choke to death, and you die. No, seriously, though. Why don't we... Why doesn't food we swallow go into our lungs? We do have this really stupid system where we breathe and eat through the same fucking we, hole. Literally the same tube just breaks <laughs> off at one point, right in the throat, just breaks off and goes... One Thank part goes God, to the lungs, another part goes to the stomach. It's Otherwise like, that's... be bone. That's fucky. How do we stop that? Well... Thank God for little flaps. There's a little, little, flaps. little flap bird. in your throat called the epiglottis. And what that does is that when you swallow food or have a, like a chunk of food called a bolus, is what it's oh, called yeah, when you have like a, a piece of food that you're swallowing, swallows, and it goes past the epiglottis, covers the entrance to your trachea. So the food continues down your esophagus without entering your fucking breathing holes. Because that'd be bad. That'd be bad. But also sometimes it fucks up. And you do get things in your trachea, and you have to cough it out. <laughs> See? All noises, all See, day. See, that's like when people are like, it went down the wrong pipe, which is actually Literally exactly what happened. Yeah, it literally goes down the wrong fucking pipe. Brutal. All right, so now this bolus, this chunk of food, isn't your esophagus. That is the tube that connects your throat to your stomach. Mm-hmm. So your, your neck and upper torso long tube. tube. Yeah. And, uh... Food goes down there, but it doesn't just fall. Imagine <laughs> swallow, <laughs> plop. 
No, it's uh, it's the esophagus <laughs> isn't that big, but it has to forcibly push the food down. How does it do that? Because it's a muscle. Yay! It's smooth muscle, which is different from like the muscle that you use. So like, eating is working out. Technically. I mean, but you do not burn any calories. Muscles. But also, it's you're not exercising any nice. muscles that are like helpful for like lifting. <laughs> Unless you're know, lifting man. things with your esophagus, and if you are, <laughs> good you're fucking so luck. Swallow like a hook, and then just. Uh, oh <laughs> god! Oh Jesus! Okay, so you have your esophagus, and it's pushing down through muscle movement called peristalsis, where it just sort of wavy muscular movement that sort of massages the food down into your stomach. <laughs> oh no! The bottom of your stomach, or the bottom of your esophagus, is a little esophageal sphincter. It's a valve that just prevents food from going back upwards, which opens when you throw up, <laughs> and for lots of other reasons. So yeah. there's some people like myself who can control it to some extent. I can open it a little bit and swallow some air, and then burp. Oh yeah. Exactly. So, some people. Zach, Jesus Christ. So some people can also. Some people can also um, can hold that open and then dump things down directly into their stomach, completely (laughs) bypassing. Good job. I tried to. I tried to hold it open, almost gagged on my burp. Um, Zach almost made himself throw up. So, for example, like beer chuggers can open their esophageal sphincter and then dump beer straight from like the outside world into their stomach. The outside world <laughs> just goes straight down a tube. Also, does oh, whoa. Oh, is that also a microphone? Oh my god, it is. The whole time that's been a microphone? I yeah, I, 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 I think I tried it and it didn't little, work one time. Uh, a mic attached <laughs> to them. Dude, so it funny. Like, don't stop. do that. That's, that's gonna, a terrible idea. That. Wait, why don't you use just that one? Because it sounds funny. It sound it, oh does that sound good to you guys? It I sounds yeah, I don't have headphones. Oh. I'd say just go for uh, sounds greenier the bigger to me. mic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah, so, much smoother. Um, but anyway, so sword swallowers do the same thing, and also flame spitters, people who like breathe fire, they dump. <laughs> they exist. They dump yeah, flammable. Dragons. They dump <laughs> flammable oils into their stomach that way, and or just drink them, and then force themselves to vomit by opening that sphincter and squeezing their stomach. And they vomit up flammable oil that they then light on fire at their mouth and spew outward. Wow, I did not know flames if that was that fucking gross. If that sounded like the worst idea you've ever heard, that's because it's a terrible yeah, idea. Yeah, that's, that's disgusting. Okay. Tied with sword swallowing for being ridiculous. Yeah. No, so, it's worse. So, food is through your esophagus, and it's now plopped down into your stomach. Uh, uh, your your what? Your stomach. It's the big round thing in your <laughs> in your stomach. <laughs> it's just the stomach. Um, yeah. The stomach is very weird. Yeah, it's got a lot of weird is? shit to it. Yeah, like it's for sure. Not as weird as the other stuff that's gonna happen after the stomach. It's pretty fucking right, weird. Let's okay, go. so the stomach. Why is the stomach the way it is? What is the stomach? You've probably heard, you probably learned about this in like uh, high school biology about how your stomach has like stomach acid that helps break down stuff. Yeah, that's correct. Your stomach literally produces hydrochloric acid. Yes, Dude. ladies and gentlemen, you and everyone you know has an organ in your body that is dedicated solely to producing hydrochloric acid. <laughs> so that's pretty fucking badass. So I'd we say. mentioned before the like cephalic stage involves producing uh, mucus to coat your stomach as to protect it 
from the fucking hydrochloric acid that you're also yeah. producing. Classic question is, why don't we just digest our stomachs? Well, the answer to that is that we should and do constantly. <laughs> but so the stomach is uh, the gastric pits are little indentations in your stomach, and these are where the hydrochloric acid comes from. And uh, these cells or these pits also are completely lined with three different types of cells. Uh, they have one cell is the mucus cells, and those are those produce mucus to coat your stomach so you don't digest yourself. Um, <laughs> there are parietal cells. It would just go all the way through. Yep, Once it, it breached your stomach, it would just, just, you would yep. burn everything. Just like the uh, the aliens. That's from like, you know, the movie so Alien. Where they, they're like, their vomit stuff that they do just oh, yeah, burns through like, everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then you got parietal cells in these pits that produce hydrochloric acid. And then lastly, you have chief cells. And what these do is they produce pepsinogen, which is basically an inactive form of pepsin. Pepsin is an enzyme that helps break down proteins. Huh? So we talked about how salivary amylase starts, amylase starts breaking down sugars. Mm -hmm. Now we have the thing that breaks down proteins. That's pepsin. Now, how do you go from pepsinogen, the inactive form, to pepsin, the active form? Well, all it has to do is be exposed to hydrochloric acid. Well, isn't that damn convenient? <laughs> Hydrochloric acid is produced right there. What do you know? So you spit out this little uh, chemical and also hydrochloric acid, and they combine. The hydrochloric acid breaks down stuff. It also activates this enzyme, so that helps break down stuff. And then also, your stomach sort of just squishes. It like also has muscle and can churn to help break down food. So that's, well, that's awful. Way of mechanical digestion. Um, I imagine that's the sound the it makes. The stomach also is very folded with these folds are called rugi, and uh, what they are, what they do is like allow the stomach to inflate. Dude, that makes more sense huh. than like just stretching a lot. No, it's very folded on yeah. the inside. So, like, so it's like a big smushy uh, bag that becomes yes. a nice brown balloon. Yes, exactly. It looks like a deflated balloon and then it fills up when you do that. Huh. You Brilliant. That's pretty hella neato, bro. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Then, another sphincter. <laughs> this one is called sphincter the number two. Sphincter. Um, pyloric sphincter. It's the sphincter between the stomach and the small intestine. What it does is prevents food from going back into the stomach from the small intestine. That's good. You wouldn't so, want that for some small reason. Small intestine. E this is where the real weird stuff starts happening. You're totally right. This is yeah. This is definitely this weird. Is some weird. The shit. stomach's cool, but it's yeah. not weird. So your small your small intestine is uh, lined with. Uh, things called uh, epithelial cells, right? So, and they're just like these little cells that make up this sort of mesh that covers the, the like inside of the, um, the inside of the small intestine. And each of them is covered in these tiny little hairs. I'm making little like hair gestures with my fingers. He is, he is, I can confirm um, that. Called villi. And they are like, they're like, they're like the hair cells in your ear. They're like super sensitive, but they act like little, uh, like little fingers, and they grab particles Ugh. as they go by. <laughs> and like, no, like they grab everything. And the reason is because the all of the most of the stuff that happens with regards to actual digestion in your small intestine happens like inside the villi or in the epithelial cells. So as stuff runs by, it needs to grab them and like it's worse. Pull, pull them into your epithelial cells. What's, what's worse? worse? What's worse? Um, these villi, these little fingers, 
are also covered in microvilli, which are the little even smaller fingers. Fingers on the fingers. <laughs> I just imagine. Okay, so picture this. You're like, there's this big organic cave you're in, right? Yep. And you just see all these little hands, and you start to get closer and closer, and you just hear food, 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 and it gets louder and louder the closer you get, and then you start to zoom into a hand, and it and it gets louder and louder, and you're like, how is this still happening? It's because there's the tiny hands inside the hands, and it's like. <laughs> In it's fact, more and more exactly high-pitched as it goes. <laughs> Good job. Um, you discovered it. But yeah, so you've got these little villi. Um, another reason that these exist is we talked about how surface area is important in digestion. You want to be able to access as much right. of the surface of food as possible. Exactly. So when you have these little extensions of the small intestine called villi, and those have little extensions called microvilli, it increases surface area so much that if you spread out your small intestine like completely flat, it'd be the size of a tennis court. <laughs> What? Yup. Yep. The hell? Completely insane. That's, that's how much service area. That's how much service area you have in your Inside you. I'm pretty sure that's how geckos can walk on walls. The same type oh, of thing. They have the little tiny little things on their feet. There's so much surface area. They get enough Vanderwalls yeah, forces. Yeah, Vanderwalls forces is what they use to stick. That's wow. so weird. Anyway. So our stomachs are geckos' feet in some right. sense. Well, small intestine. Small intestine. Oh, yeah. Right. So, small intestine is so not the, the stomach. The first part that you hit is... Let's see. So the small intestine is broken up into three different parts. The first part is called the duodenum. Duodenum. And then there's the jejunum. And then there's the ilium. So the duodenum is spelled like duodenum. And I had no idea until today that it was pronounced duodenum. But that's a much better word. I like jejunum personally. <laughs> it sounds like some weird southern food. <laughs> Jujube. What are we having tonight, Pa? Oh, we're having some jejunum. Jejunum. <laughs> So, so, small intestine. How does it digest things? Really, really do you, smallly. Do you produce chemicals in your small intestine? Yep. A little bit. A little bit. You so do. mostly. So it's like your. So here's what you do. Well, yeah. But so okay. basically, you get stuff. So at every point along the digestive tract, food like stretches things, right? Like it stretches your esophagus and it stretches your stomach and it stretches your small intestine. And as it does that, there are like little cells hanging out there waiting to be like waiting to have force applied to them, right? So waiting to be stretched. And as soon as they do, they tell all of the other parts of the digestive tract like, hey, there's food coming. And so in the duodenum, right when it gets to the duodenum, first thing that happens is there's a re there, the cells that get stretched release something called secretin. We don't have to worry about it. It's a hormone that really tells they secrete secretin. They secrete secretin. God Literally, damn it. no. <laughs> so many enzymes are named in the most like boring way possible. Entirely, um, and most of the like cool sounding ones are just combinations of other words that are yep. completely boring. Um, and then, but sort of more importantly for what we're gonna talk about right now, they then release something called cholecystokinin. Which we're just going to call CCK because that's terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Jeepers CCK creepers. is a hormone that goes to your gallbladder, which conveniently is literally right, next to, your small right next to your small intestine, and your pancreas, which conveniently is on the other side of your small intestine. <laughs> it's just a little intestine <laughs> they're, they're right there. Pretty much everything from like your chest to your gonads area is like all just compacted, like several just, organs. Just yeah, they're all just like... like <laughs> Like hanging on to each other together, and so um, who wants to talk about what the things do? Dave does. What things? So the gallbladder and oh, the okay. So we have a bunch of other like sort of accessory organs to the uh, digestive system. So you know we have the main digestive system that's the the tube from your mouth to your butthole, and 
that's good and all, but it wouldn't be able to work unless there were some other things that could help. So we talked about how the gallbladder and the, and the pancreas help too. They, um, they and the liver are part of these accessory organs that help by producing other digestive chemicals and enzymes to help break down stuff. So you've got the liver that produces bile, and what bile does is it's useful for breaking down fats. So we talked about how the mouth, you start breaking down sugars. The stomach, you start breaking down proteins. The small intestine is when you start breaking down fats. Oh. Liver produces bile, which is then sent to the gallbladder where it's stored. And then the gallbladder sends the bile to the small intestine. And it reacts with the bolus, which is now called chyme because it's no longer a chunk and it's more liquidy. Ew. It's more like almost liquid. What's that word? Chyme. C-H-Y-M-E. Chyme. And, yeah. So... Uh, the pancreas also produces, helps out by producing, uh, what was it, pancreatic lipase, which is mm-hmm. another uh, thing that breaks down fats, right. triglycerides so, into fatty acids. Right. So, so we're talking about, like, th- there's a lot of words that end in ACE. Anytime right? we say ACE, that means it's an enzyme. It's an enzyme. And the first part of the word is usually what the thing breaks down. Correct. So lipase. Breaks down lip- lipids. ACE breaks down lipids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, that's fats and stuff. Yeah. And also protease breaks down proteins. proteins. That's crazy. And we're going to talk about some other kinds of Sugarase. amylase. Oh, damn well, it. Amylase, is, there's three different kinds of amylase. And the amylase itself doesn't sound very descriptive, but sucrase, lactase, and maltase. Ah, which break down, down sucrose, lactose, lactose and maltose. <laughs> Are extremely discriminated. <laughs> yeah, no. That's the thing with science. Everyone's like always like, oh, I just I can't do biology because it's just so many long words. It's like, no, they're not really. They're the most. They're the easiest things ever. It's just they describe the what they do. D- term yeah. Latin or Greek root for exactly what they do. Yeah. Although to be fair, most people are not anticipating having to learn a second language. Just like that's fair. Wait. So okay. So the stuff's in your small intestine. Your yeah. liver's like bile attack. Bile attack. And then so the bile attack is to increase surface area. Okay, like we talked about before, primarily for the digestion of lipids. Okay, because if you have a giant ball of fat, right? So you've broken down like a lot of the sugars at this point, right? Yeah, most of the sugars are broken down. And so what you're left with, and a lot of the proteins in the stomach. Mm -hmm. So you're left with primarily is fat. There's also still some sugar and protein in there, and for the most part, the small intestine. And you still like your pancreas still does release some amylase and protease to break down those. Um, But primarily, what's left is fat. And because that hasn't been dealt with at all, and it's also and, a little more complicated. It's harder to digest yeah, than and, protein. Yeah, sugar. and so <laughs> yeah, um, and so what happens is you have these like big fat globules because fat is not water soluble, and so it just forms these big balls, right? Yep. And so the bile comes in, and the bile's like, all right, like fuck you guys, we're gonna separate <laughs> you all. And so the it it in creating this chyme, it actually just separates um, these like giant flat fat globules into as close as it can get to like individual triglyceride molecules. And the reason for that is just to increase surface area for the pancreatic Break down lipase. Of those tri- right. Triglycerides by pancreatic lipase. So the pancreatic lipase comes in and it's like, okay, well now we're gonna break down the triglycerides into individual fatty acid chains. Okay, so a, trigly- a triglyceride is like, it's three fatty acid chains. Glycerides. Glycerides. Three glycerides. <laughs> Triglyceride. Um, that are uh, attached to each other. And this comes in and breaks them down into the individual fatty acids. The reason for this is that you can't send triglycerides through the wall of the small intestine. The problem is that the molecules themselves are just literally too big to go through the epithelial wall. So instead, we too break them up into fail. separate fatty acids. No, not like the banks. We oh. then form these, like, I forget what the word is for what it, but you, so a micelle, you, like, create these micelles, 
which is just like a little like you basically like put a little like train car around the fatty acid. <laughs> yep. And the train car is allowed to go through the epithelial cells and in going through gets completely torn apart again. So it goes through the epithelial cells, comes out the other side as just a fatty acid. Yep. We then recompile the fatty acids into triglycerides because why the fuck not? And then really because it's a more efficient way of storage and transportation. And then you uh, add some protein and compile that to a to a VLDL molecule, which is like a type of um, it's, it's cholesterol. cholesterol yeah. Um, and that gets transported out to your liver. <sighs> VLDL. I don't know what there. the V is, but I'm assuming low very, density lipoprotein. Very, very low, low density, density lipoprotein. Jesus Christ. There, there, there's uh, five different types of lipoproteins. The first one, I can't remember the name. It starts with a CH. It's like chymolicaminin, something like that. Um, Probably not far off. The next one is, it's not far off, something like that. The next one is VLDL, very low-density lipoprotein. Then IDL, intermediate-dense lipoprotein. Then LDL, low-density lipoprotein. I'm sorry, there's intermediate between low and ILDL? Just IDL? IDL. What the hell? Intermediate-density lipoprotein. And then there's LDL. And then there's HDL. High-density lipoproteins. HDL is so a good one. it goes very low to intermediate to low to high. Yes. That is not <laughs> correct. That is not, like, intuitive. No. Did someone, like, mismeasure that? Potentially. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, in plants, the reason we have, like, photosystem one and two that are in the opposite order is because we literally discovered the second one first and called it photosystem one, even though it happened second. It's really annoying. <laughs> so, science, science is so stupid. All the time, so also, I would not be surprised. That's also why current flows in the negative direction, because we're just like, we figured out that current happens, and he was like, had no idea what direction it was flowing, and he was like, well, it's either positive or negative. I think it's, I think it's flowing in this direction. We'll call this positive. Nah, nah, nah. We later nah. found out that it was the opposite. It's, it's VLDL, LDL. IDL, okay, HDL. that makes it actually more makes sense. sense. Okay, good, good. Well, then uh, you're doing real bad. In all class. of the lecture. No, I read that straight from the lectures. <laughs> so oh, that's Jesus. awkward. All right. Oh so. wait, contribution from a listener. Uh, thanks, Alyssa. She said, uh, "So you know how ice has different phases? You may not actually know yes. this. So ice has there's like, but only because there's like you. 14 different kinds of ice or something. Just ice, but uh, are its other phases called water? No, and no, water vapor? no, 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 no. Ice, different. No, that's di- you're thinking of different states of matter. These okay. are different phases that's of a state of matter. Okay, uh, there is no ice four. <laughs> okay, so, so it's one, two, three. Five? Or maybe not four, she says. So there's something happened where they like found a thing. They're like, no, actually, it's just this thing, and this is that, and this is a big old mess. <laughs> so they, they found one of them, and they were like, this is its own. Basically, what happens in science like, all nah, the time is that we name it when we come up with it, and then if it's wrong later, it's like, it well, there's no point in changing right. all the details that we have so far. So we're just going to yep. say, fuck it. It's not going to make any sense. So what is the gall? What, what, the gallbladder just stores excess bile? The gallbladder is used to store excess bile and just also the... to send it to the small intestine. But... So you can get it removed, right? That was my question, too. Get what removed? You can get your gallbladder removed. A lot oh. of people can have gallbladderectomies. But so um, you're saying, so the, the liver delivers the bile. Delivers. And then, oh, my God. <laughs> and then it goes, <laughs> and then it, like, swoops out into the gallbladder mm-hmm. if you have too much. And then mm-hmm. if you then... Well, not even if you have too much, just it sends it to the gallbladder. And then the gallbladder just, can also just release it for yeah. funsies? Yep. That's it's basically weird. a storage facility. And if you get it removed, the liver just sends it right to the small intestine through bile ducts. So... 
Now we've broken down our fats, and we're going through the small intestine from the duodenum to the jejunum to the ileum. And now we're finally pretty much done with digestion. At this point, once you go, once your food has gotten all the way through your small intestine, from your mouth to your small to the end of your small intestine, you've broken down everything that can be broken down, and all that's left to do is absorb some of the stuff. And the small intestine is where absorption happens too, but pretty much all of the. Uh, I'm uh, just proving to everyone for the record that I'm not like dumb. I mean, he just orbited them up. Wait, no, five kinds. Yeah, there. He says there are five kinds. Yeah. Of lipoproteins, chylomicron, VLDL, very low density, IDL, intermediate density, LDL, low density, and HDL, high density. And later explains that VLDL, when some of the fat is removed from it, becomes IDL, oh, no. oh, yeah. which then becomes yeah. LDL. And no, I, think is... he's, I think he's correct. Yeah, he is. No. Okay. Yep. Okay. <laughs> anyway, that's so, so it is in stupid. fact named very poorly. <laughs> Great. Good job, uh. science. Once again, succeeding. Okay. So where are we now? We've gotten all the way through the small intestine, which is very fucking long, by the way. It's like thirty something, like thirty feet long. Yes. Because it's all 40, twisted and tangled and all around. And your large intestine. Fruit. Small intestine. Your small intestine. Small yeah. intestine's like thirty. Large feet intestine's long. like six. It's eight. weird because your small intestine is longer than your large intestine. But it's not as fat looking right. it's yeah. significantly longer it's yeah. like six times yeah. longer your, your large intestine is like very short it's just really much. thin yeah so large intestine large intestine large intestine what's the large intestine's function like we said to be a colon has like we said <laughs> most of the digestion has happened by this point all that's left to do is absorb some of the stuff you've done and the small intestine absorbs some of the stuff with a villi like we talked about mm-hmm. those fingers on fingers on fingers that grab things um, I love the noises. <laughs> so, you have the large intestine that's broken up into three different parts. The cecum, which is the first part, and uh, is contains the appendix. And what does the appendix do? Wait, the appendix is in your large intestine? Yes. What it's the hell? It's part of your large intestine. Oh, it's a good... It's like a little side part of it. It's very strange. Your appendix, the worst. We're completely unsure of what its function is. It like it's, may harbor bacteria. Right. Yeah. Well, it could I mean, have no, a similar. It, we know for a fact oh, it, it does, harbors but no, bacteria. It made for the purpose of. Oh yeah. Like um, uh, fighting it off. It's yeah. it's like the, there's a theory that it does the same thing that we theorize your tonsils do, mm-hmm. which is so you, both tonsils and your appendix can be removed with pretty much no effect. Yep. Um. They there's a theory that since both of them tend to get swollen when you get really sick. Um, that the purpose of them is to basically grab bacteria before they get anywhere else and have your body, like, use them as guinea pigs to attempt to figure out how to kill the bacteria. <laughs> so, so like, your, your tonsils get swollen. It's like when I had mono, like, my tonsils were giant. And the idea was that, like, literally the tonsils would just, like, grab the bacteria and culture them intentionally so the rest of your body could just bombard it with everything it could try to kill it with. <laughs> So that by the time the bacteria gets elsewhere, it knows how to kill it. Hopefully. It didn't work that well with the mono because it took me like four weeks to recover, but it is what it is. As far as um, evolutionary reason, where the appendix comes from, it's... It comes from your colon. Be, well, yeah. No, it's actually presumed to be a remnant of when we had a larger cecum. Oh. Because um, different animals use their large intestine in different ways. Like, there's huge differences in the large intestine between so weird. carnivores, omnivores, and herbivores. Okay, that kind of makes sense. So, just... 
do surely, sorely, wait, I can't talk, surely, what the fuck am I trying to say? I have no idea. Do, uh, whatever. Just due to the food they eat, they have to break it down in different ways. Herbivores have plants, they gotta break down, it takes longer, so they gotta do that. Meat eaters break down meat, which is easier, so basically it turns into you have a longer meat cecum if you have, if you're a meat eater, and uh, I think, I think that's how it goes. But you but said you it said was, was easier to break down meat. Why would you need more cecum? You're right. I think also, doesn't I think the proteins get digested earlier? Oh, but also fat, because it's... Yeah, it's real straight up. But anyway, the point is that like, uh, you can have variations in your large intestine based on your diet, as far as animals go, (laughs) not like individual people. (laughs) But okay, so the next part of the large intestine is called the colon, and that's the main tube of the large intestine. It's got three sections: the ascending, transverse, and the descendings. So, what these guys do is that they're literally named for the way, the shape of the route they take around your small intestine. They go up, the ascending. They go across, the transverse. And they go down, the descending. Awesome. So, very easy to remember. What these do, uh, the purpose of the colon is it starts to absorb water and uh, also, also the makes some colon, mucus bro. for easy fecal transport. You forgot the sigmoid colon. What's a sigmoid colon? It's the last part. So, it goes, it goes ascends, goes transversely, descends, and then sigmoids its way out your butthole. Oh, well, is and the sigmoid, sigmoid colon just an also S-shape. just called the rectum? No. It's before the rectum. Okay, cool. All right, sweet. So there's four sections of the colon. And then you get to the last part of the large intestine, the rectum. The rectum is literally just poop storage. The entire purpose of the rectum is to hold on to the poop. And that's it. And that's... So... And also a, suppositories. A joke that uh, my dad and I talked about a lot, and we never actually knew the joke. We just only knew the punchline. <laughs> rectum damn near killed him that was it that was all of the joke that we knew and we said it and it was hilarious and we laughed our asses off even though we didn't know the rest of the joke that's terrible it's very stupid you would so do that (laughs) we still have all of the like the letter from your dad and your game of kill the bear and the letter from your your sister are all on our fridge. That's and awesome. last night some people were over watching Flash and Arrow and like they like walked over to the fridge and they're like what is this? Pointing at your kill the bear game. Oh god! And we decided to go through and try to figure out every oh, stage. Man. Good luck with that. I, we did pretty good. I mean, you had explained it to me a year ago. Yeah, yeah. And so I had some vague idea of what. Did was you get going Johnny on. Cash and his burning ring of lasers? It's Johnny Cash. <laughs> I was like, who is the guitar man? Our are probably very, with a very confused. Giant right now. dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, why do we do that? I can't figure that part out. That's what we just doing with Brimley. There was also just like some part that just had Link and Navi and I and Captain Falcon, and they didn't <sighs> seem to be interacting with the rest <laughs> of the drawing in any way. Oh no. They, 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 were. they were. Oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> Am um, I, like, exploding into the mic? I feel like I'm very breaking up-y. You uh, can't hear. I don't know. So. Let's get our listeners to weigh it. Oh, anyway. whatever. So. Wait, do, Dave, do you want to know the rest of that joke that you know the punchline to only? Oh, wait, you know it? Yes, go. I just looked it up. Oh, go. Okay, that works. This is the pun. Oh. Little Johnny's teacher asked him how his weekend was. Horrible. Heart. Har- <laughs> horribly? <laughs> Horrible. A car hit my dog in the ass, he said. She said, uh, rectum. He goes, rectum? Damn near killed him. <laughs> Beautiful. That's fucking hilarious. Oh, that was funnier than I expected. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Perfect. So now we've got poop. And uh, shout out to Elena 
for suggesting poop as our topic, which got us into thinking about this whole thing. Literally, I asked her what we should do for a topic. She goes, poop. It's like, poop. Okay, fuck you. You're not funny. And then I started thinking. I was like, wait a minute. We can this, this could actually work we as a topic. There's, there's science idea. in there somewhere. So science we have somewhere. the rectum that has the poop. And then you, so the poop. To it's poops. very weird. And then it goes to your anus, which is basically the last place food goes before it gets all pooped out. Poop. So your anus um, has several parts, and your upper anus has... Um, <laughs> dude, it is so hard to keep a straight face. Don't laugh while I'm saying this. It's hard enough, okay? The upper anus can detect the state of feces, whether it's liquid, solid, or gaseous. Okay. Which is like super important. Yeah. So you know whether you're like, a fart or shit yourself. You just don't know whether. Yeah. <laughs> you just, if you didn't have these like uh, nerve endings in your upper anus, you would just have no idea what was coming out of you. <laughs> you would just be completely unprepared at all times for you what was going to happen. Ready to shit every time you had the fart. Oh man, so that'd be the worst. So how many sphincters there are on your body? Your anus actually has two sphincters. Double sphincter power. So. <laughs> It's got an internal sphincter, which holds in stool while you're asleep, which is why you don't poop yourself while you're asleep. <laughs> That's nice. Which is, very, again, very useful. Relatively convenient. <laughs> um, and then you've got the external sphincter. That's the one everybody knows. The gotcha. external anal sphincter is the classic sphincter. And that one is, like, definitely more voluntary. We can go, all right, let's go. And it holds it in your, holds it in your stool while you rush to the bathroom. <laughs> Those are the exact words from, uh, I want to say something like HowStuffWorks.com or maybe uh, WebMD or something. I, I forget where exactly it comes from. The exact words were, the external sphincter holds it in while you rush to the bathroom. So, so that's a long process, wait, right? Wait, what the hell does the colon do? It absorbs, it's mostly for water absorption. Yeah, water. Oh. At this point, most things so have been drying absorbed. out your poops. Your small intestine absorbs most of the nutrients <laughs> in your body. Your most of your, the nutrients that you get from food, and the large intestine absorbs water. So basically, the reason you have different kinds of poops is based solely on how much water your large intestine absorbs before Damn. you poop it out. It's based on like the efficiency of your, which is and so diarrhea is when your large intestine is doing a really fucking terrible job, and constipation <laughs> is when it's water. doing too well. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So, that's a long process from mouth to butt. That's very long, right? Yeah, I can like measure. Th- I can be like whoop, and then whoop, and then it's like real quick. It's not very far apart. So we're not very far apart, but it does. To be fair, it does have to travel travel like forty to fifty feet to get. Yeah, there. that's hilarious. Like for sure. So, they actually, we've actually measured how long it takes for food to travel all the way through, from getting to. Um, Chewing on it to the end of your small intestine takes about six to eight hours. Oh my god! And then it so spends long. up to forty hours in your colon. What? Yeah. yeah. Average time is about forty hours. Is it really? Yeah. That's, That's long. Baffling. Yeah. So it when takes you... a long time to go through. Your okay. Body. You're pooping. When you poop, you're pooping things you ate like two days. Two ago. days ago. <laughs> Weird. That. That. Um, mm. but I I poop things I that I've had the day well, before. Well, your colon doesn't work very well, though. That's true. You are a bad example. We'll talk about that. Yeah, but um, but even so, like I've definitely like pretty consistently will like poop stuff that I'm certain I ate 24 hours prior Ooh, because wank- it will be like slightly undigested vegetables and stuff. Wankapankia suggests like 16 hours. 16 hours. Okay, yeah. that would make. I a think ton the study I read was older. Also, okay. so. It's Still, 16 possible. hours is a ridiculous amount of time. 
It's just less ridiculous. It's most of the day, just fermenting in your lower goose scoops. It's stuff. trying to get all that water. It's because water reclamation is so important. Yep. You because you use a lot of water, water in digestion. Yeah. When you produce the mucus, when you produce these enzymes, when you send food through, you're using a lot of your body's water. Get all and of if it you back. just pooped it all away, it'd be like, well, fuck me. <laughs> It's just like that, so that's that you which know. Which is why diarrhea can kill you. Have eight glasses of water a day, which includes food you've consumed, because food has water in it that your body sucks out and uses. Also, you don't actually bit, necessarily yeah. need sixty-four yeah. ounces of fluid a day. It yeah. depends on your activity God. level. When and you say it is sixty-four ounces, it's all of a sudden like, wow, that's so half much. a gallon. Yeah. Holy shit! Okay, we've talked about digestion. We've talked about the whole process. Let's talk about poop in general. Guys, I am so excited that I am literally going to write on my resume how I like talked about poop. Like, if somebody asks me at a job interview, like, "Oh, what did you? What's like? What's an average topic for your show?" It's like, "Oh, a couple weeks ago we did a topic about poop. poop. We literally talked about poop Perfect. for an hour and a half." So, number one most best fecal right. matter. So I have some questions about poop. You do. Why is poop brown? Why is it in any other color? Because it's this stupid, lame stuff. Thanks, Basically, man. bile has a color, and so does bilirubin, which is just basically the remnants of dead blood cells. <laughs> um, and then it just, they like it's kind of yellowish and then kind of dark reddish, and then it kind of just ends up being brown. Huh. That makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. It's pretty boring, TBH. Yeah. So why, I've had poops that aren't brown. Yeah. <laughs> What causes those? Oh, where so, you go? So, like, red poop is bad. That's blood. <laughs> oh, that's you, oh, yes. you are bleeding internally. Go see a doctor. Yep. If you got some white stuff in your poop that looks like oily, that's mucus or potentially actually undigested fat. Also, go to your doctor. That's a that's a bad thing. You don't want that. So, undigested fat could occur if you are not producing bile. Because if you're not producing bile, you're not then you don't down break the... down the fat in your duodenum. Which means that there's not enough surface area for the lipase to affect, and so you can't break down most of the triglycerides, and so they just keep going with everything else, and, and they get flushed out. out. You got fat streaks in your poop because you need fat. And All right, so green poop. Bile, green is poop is like when it just shoots through the intestines real quick. Huh? But what causes the green color? Lack of bile. Oh, that makes sense. So wait, is it normally green until it hits bile? I mean, that's what he said. It was like yellowish color, and the bile is like dead blood cell color. No, no, no like the bile is like the yellowish. Yeah. It is? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Billy Rubin the is the dead red blood cells. So oh. it's dark, dark red Got it. turns it brown. I think. See, I always thought green poop was from like eating a lot of like plant matter. That happens too. And so you're getting like chloroform, chloroform, chlorophyll, chlorophyll. Fun fact: chloroform like will not make you go unconscious unless, you know, you replace oxygen with yeah, it. Yeah, it, it would take a but while like, for you to knock someone out with chloroform. Yeah, it doesn't actually work good. Um, okay, so let's talk about another feature of poop. <laughs> We've talked about the color. Now, why are different poops different shapes? Why is it sometimes you got a long one and sometimes you got some short ones and then other times it's just, that's just water? Why, what... What causes that? Well, we know this. In fact, <laughs> luckily, this is a rhetorical question. <laughs> I'm, in fact, not actually asking. I'm luckily, we, we already kind of said this. Um, yeah, so we talked about how uh, the amount of water that your large intestine reabsorbs is part of... Is so, it oh, so sorry, yeah, bile turns yellow when it breaks down. 
Okay. So, so if like... it doesn't have time to break down. Gotcha. Oh. It stays greenish. That's yeah. interesting. That's, yeah. Okay. That well, makes that... sense. Nice. So, I like that sound a lot. We have this chart called the Bristol Stool Chart. You all Google this and study it um, because it tells you exactly what there are seven different types of poop. Okay. According to science. Perfect. <laughs> and of course, these exist on a spectrum, but for Would the most part. Scientifically speaking. Scientifically speaking, there are seven different Oh my different god, types is that why we call their show this? <laughs> Wait a second. So, I thought it was just a nice alliteration. The first type of poop is separate hard lumps like nuts that are hard to pass. That's a sign of constipation. Okay. If you've got little tiny chunks like rabbit poop looking things. Yeah. I've recently developed this thing where like when I go to different places, like when I like went to Montreal for a weekend over the summer, just constipated for four days. Even though I came back. Potentially the food you're eating. No, there's also, also uh, it's like a stressor. Yeah, it, like that's like a pretty common. Oh, actually, thing. yeah, no stress. They actually talk about stress yeah. So a lot like, so like when I went to Montreal specifically, we like went and went to a music festival. So I was like up and moving around all day. So I'm sure my sympathetic nervous system was like freaking the fuck out the whole time. <laughs> He's and running so, from predators. Yeah, <laughs> we're dying. <laughs> oh god. Um, but also like didn't have a lot of time to like even consider the act of pooping. And so just like over the two days, I like developed like sort of a constipation that's like expected just because like I didn't wasn't around a bathroom like didn't sit down at all like wasn't like in a place where i would feel comfortable and then like but i came back and i was like wait i can't go to the bathroom and i like didn't poop for like three or four days after <laughs> i got scary. back which was really like i was like oh no it's better like, not become a one thing. more day and it's like i need to go see a but bathroom. when you think about how much how much tubage there is <laughs> to fill up like it's really not that big of a deal like like three days of backup not really a problem most of the food hasn't even caught up to the end you know, but I think daily or twice daily is about. Oh average. yeah, no, you shouldn't. If you you should be thinking if it's yeah. been four days since you pooped, oh something might be wrong. Okay. Unless you like have a reason. Fun fact. Oh boy. So I've ulcerative colitis, very mild form of it. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But basically, I poop a lot. <laughs> I was having a flare up right before I broke my leg, okay. and I was pooping like cr- it was really awful. Medication was not controlling as well as I wanted to. Break my leg. Didn't poop for like three and a half days, and like the flare up just went away, which is a combination of like <laughs> the trauma. Every time you get a flare like, up, just break your leg. <laughs> eating less. Problem solved. Oh man, you're a genius. <laughs> just grab a hammer. So that like yeah like just. That'd be really hard to do now because it's got titanium in it. That'd be cool. Zach has a robot leg. <laughs> I'm a robot. Okay. The next type man. of poop is sausage shaped but lumpy. Um, Ew, oh, okay. okay, so it's like you take a sausage and stick those separate hard lumps, rabbit poops on the right. outside of it. Yes. Okay, and then there's type three, which is like a sausage but with cracks on the surface. So it's like a relatively smooth sausage, but like has cracks in it. Sure. That is the ideal form of poop. Okay. That's, that's, that makes sense to me. That's you've got the perfect balance of like you've absorbed enough water, but not too much. Okay. Uh, s- the fourth type of stool is also considered ideal. Basically, you want to be around three or four step uh the and that's just like smooth is sausage it's like a sausage or snake but smooth and oh, okay. it's like when you take like a uh a, a play-doh and just like <laughs> roll it into a snake. it looks like yeah. that but made of poop except brown um then you've got uh type five which are soft blobs with clear-cut edges so not yeah. quite this hard lumps but like sort of soft lumpy yeah. pieces uh, then you've got type six, which are fluffy pieces with ragged edges, and it's mushy. Yeah. And then you've got yeah. type seven, which is just water. It's entirely liquid, and that's just diarrhea. Basically, types one and two 
indicate constipation. Types five through seven are associated with diarrhea. Gotcha. So basically, it's these types of stool exist on a spectrum from most water absorbed to least water absorbed. Sure. So pretty straightforward. Pretty freight store short short. Story okay. for and diarrhea is real bad. Diarrhea is very. We'll talk about <laughs> problems that happen with digestion. Um, it's a good time. It's a bad time. It's <laughs> such a bad time. What do we want to? What do we want to go on to next? Uh, let's talk about the gut microbiome. Cause that's crazy. Okay. So are we gonna end up talking about like other animals in the digestive system? Nope. No. Damn, it. Damn it! I really, really, really wanted to talk about tapeworms today. We'll talk about it in the parasites episode. We're gonna have a parasites episode. <laughs> for all Just you for all you parasite lovers, lovers um, we're gonna have a parasites oh, episode. We should definitely get a lot of the listen to that. She's taking a class My on parents are like general parasitology, global health, and parasites. No, oh, okay. it's I. She's she has nightmares nightly. <laughs> okay. about this class my, my parents are both texting me they're like when we used to travel with you like to florida you would stop pooping and so we used to ply you with apple juice and do a bicycle move where we put you on your back and wiggled your legs to try to work it out <laughs> that's incredible that is just so the funniest funny. thing ever holy shit that's amazing that's perfect <laughs> thank you john and jody for that i will make sure to do that next time he's constipated I'm going to do that. Now. I'll do it myself. <laughs> I'll take it upon I gotta myself. Go buy some apple juice first. Um, Bicycle things easy. Okay. So let's talk about another hugely important part of the digestive system we didn't talk about. The part that isn't us. <laughs> so yes. we talked about how we have all these little enzymes and mechanical motions that help break down and absorb food. And that's important, right? But we would literally be unable to get even close to the amount of nutrients we needed if we didn't have some help. And by help, I mean literally help that isn't us. Let's make poop with a little help from our friend. <laughs> okay. Um, we have, all the way through our digestive tract, a really very strange habitat. Like, I know normally you think of a habitat like, oh, a jungle or a desert. Well, there's a habitat <laughs> called the, li- the inside of our stomachs. <laughs> Basically, our small intestines are filled filled with bacteria and when i say filled i mean 10 times more bacterial cells we have 10 times more bacterial cells in our gut than we have body cells in our body <laughs> human cells yeah so, like there's 10 times skin cells bone cells brain cells yeah. <laughs> uh all those things 10 times less than the amount of bacteria we have Your in our stomachs. Mostly bacteria. Yep. Um, including E. coli. E. coli is an important nice. uh, gut microbiome bacteria. Um, so next time you hear about an E. coli scare, don't be that scared. Just eat it. I don't know. I'm totally kidding. Bad idea. No, no that's, that's terrible. E. coli that's a, can 100% kill you. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch like of different E. coli. And there's like one dangerous one, which is like the E. coli that we always talk about when there's breakouts of stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's E. coli that's not so bad. It's just hanging out on us all the time. To give you another under uh, estimate of how much bacteria we have in us, uh, the total number of genes in the various species represented in our internal microbial communities exceeds the number of our human genes by two orders of magnitude. (laughs) So think about the number of, uh, you have, what, 46 chromosomes? I have no idea. Yes. Each one containing hundreds of genes? Yes. Well, some of them have only a couple and some of them have a lot. Sure, but the point is that, like, on average, a few hundred. All of the bacteria in our bodies have more than two orders of magnitude 
size difference of so let's assume that they have or that each chromosome has 100 and we have like 4600 yep they they would have 406 400 wait two orders of magnitude right so so 46,000 46,000 yeah okay that's what it was okay so no 460,000 yeah that's what I was thinking 460,000 okay I said 406, I was going to say 60,000. 460. Oh my that's God. why I was confused. Jesus Christ, guys. <laughs> We're so good at math. Only a tenth of the cells in our body are human cells. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Most of our body is made up of bacteria. What the hell? So just think about all these little helpful little friends you've got inside you all times that are like, wee, let's help break down food. No, it's really just like, I'm also going to eat some of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you finished with that? <laughs> um, okay. Now... This seems like pretty straightforward, right? These bacteria in our bodies help us break down foods. Like, for example, um, other animals have a lot of uh, bacteria specifically to break down plant material. So, like, strong, fibrous plant material that we have trouble breaking down. These bacteria are better at it. And so they're useful in breaking that down, so we get some of the nutrients from them. Now, that seems pretty straightforward and not that weird. What's weird is how important the gut microbiome is to our overall well-being. Yeah. And like, mental health. What? Yeah. And mental health. <laughs> You're going to need to explain that. So, we know for a fact that there's uh, lots of links between um, uh, our gut microbiome and our general health. For example, like a lack of diversity in your gut microbiome, if you don't have like a lot of different kinds of bacteria, it's a driver for food allergies. Because you start developing sensitivities to things like eggs and milk and nuts. So having a poor, an unhealthy gut microbiome can lead to allergies or, you know, at least start leading to yeah. sensitivity. Um, it's a risk factor. Also, certain microbes help us prevent uh, obesity, I guess. I wasn't really sure. I didn't really understand that that well. But apparently, There's, I'll talk about that when we talk about perfect. farts. A healthy gut microbiome. Because we're going to talk about farts. Perfect. Um, then there's the gut-brain <laughs> axis. Um, what? Now, that seems weird, right? How the hell would bacteria in our bodies affect us mentally? Yep, well, I still don't know the answer. <laughs> these bacteria produce neurochemicals um, that help us regulate mood, learning, memory, anxiety, stress. They produce these neurochemicals, such as serotonin. <laughs> According to the American Psychological Association, 95% of our serotonin comes from our gut bacteria. What the fuck? So that's crazy. the weirdest thing I've heard in a really long time. It's incredibly weird. Children with autism have been found to have lower levels of three different types of gut bacteria. So having an unhealthy gut microbiome can literally affect your mental health. That's Depression, so bizarre. Anxiety. These things are linked to linked very directly to the health of your gut microbiome. Weird. Very weird. So, so bizarre. The fact that we have these weird things in us. Basically, also, the fact that two-thirds of our gut microbiome is unique to every single person. The makeup, the numbers of organisms, the type of organisms that are in us. Um, In fact, these gut microbiomes are so, so important that lots of animals um, do a weird thing. in order to make sure that they have the right gut bacteria. It's called coprophagy. What that means is poop eating. (laughs) So, in animals like termites, they uh, have these specialized bacteria that help break down wood. So, when you're born as a baby termite, you don't just 
You're not born with this bacteria, and it's not part of you. It's bacteria. It doesn't. It comes separately. You know, batteries not, <laughs> bacteria not separately. separately. Um, so what they have to do is they have to eat the poop of the adults in order to get this um, uh, gut bacteria in them, and it's so important that the reason termites live in colonies is because they want to stick close to each other so they can eat their own poop. Poop party! They didn't have to eat the adult's poop. They could just go off on their own. But evolutionarily, they were driven to be social because they eat poop. What a way to found a society. I would found an institution where everyone can always eat everyone else's poops. (laughs) Ezra Poopnell. Ezra Poopnell. Well... Shane has to leave because uh, he has to go drive a big truck. But Zach and I are going to carry on talking about... He's got to go drive the internet. Just kidding. The internet's not like a big truck that you can just dump things on. It's a series of tubes. Wait a minute. Alrighty. Well, I think this is a good time to start going into what happens when your body fucks up, basically. What, what happens when things go bad? Uh, yeah, wait, before that, real quick, so, um, in the same way that termites eat each other poops, each other's poops, um, human babies drink their mother's breast milk. And, and some gut bacteria is passed down yep. through breastfeeding. And also, uh, there's a new thing happening, I don't know how new it actually is, but it's gaining medical traction, uh, fecal transplants, where yep. they, they put someone else's poop all up inside you, and it can help, uh, replenish your gut bacteria. And Basically, if you have a lack effects. of gut bacteria... It's not very healthy. You can just transplant somebody else's body bacteria into you. Also, probiotics are apparently pretty helpful for you. Well, it's like eating certain amounts. Yeah. Like probiotics found in yogurt, for example. And it like it won't cure you of any allergies or anything like that, but it might reduce some of the effects of these things. But that still has to be uh, studied more. Just eating a bunch of probiotic yogurt will not have much of an effect. But at least there's some link between probiotics and. Depression. Yeah. So taking probiotics can help ease the symptoms of oh, depression. Damn, bro. It helps your bacteria. That's crazy. So weird. All right. So what the things that go wrong? So in this your all body. seems pretty nice. It seems yeah. like wow, this is very straightforward. This couldn't possibly screw up. Well, what happens when it does? So let's talk about bloating. So <laughs> why did you say it like that? <laughs> that's how it's how it feels. <laughs> so. Uh, you can get gas in your body because you like inhale it while you're eating or uh, bacteria in the colon that are fermenting the soluble fiber that you're digesting and stuff. And uh, basically, just a bunch of gas builds up. And so if you eat a large amount of fiber regularly, you get a lot of gas, but your body's used to dealing with it. So if you eat fiber irregularly, every time you accidentally eat a bunch of fiber, your body's like, oh, shit, oh my <laughs> god, there's so much gas, what do I do? So you get all bloated and you feel terrible. Um, but fiber is super important for like a number of reasons, so definitely eat your fiber. But um, also inadequate fiber can cause you to become bloated because then all your stomach stuff gets stopped up because you just can't digest it as well. And you so the bloating fiber. is just from physical presence. So you're, you're producing less stuff. gas, but you're also not pooping it out, and so it gets all shoved up in there, and then you get all bloated. So basically a good level of fiber is exactly what you need to prevent bloating. Yep. So, uh, in relation to builds up of gas, how about belching and flatulence? Yes. Belching, burping, eructation. I'm sorry, what was that last thing? Eructation. Eructation? Yes, E-R-U-C-T-A-T-I-O-N. That's fucking hilarious. So, the gas, you need to swallow air. It's produced by bacteria, primarily in the colon. Whoa. Um, yeah. So, 
if it's mainly the stuff that you inhale from just like breathing, it's nitrogen and oxygen. So yeah. when you burp, nothing really happens. But sometimes the uh, from Must deep be. inside your colon, that you, if you don't manage to fart it deep out, in. it'll come back up and you'll burp and you'll be like, oh my god, I can taste my meal. <laughs> so bad. Wait, wait, from all the way down in your colon? Probably not all the way down in your colon. I'm assuming like yeah. stomach, small intestine maybe. That makes more sense. But... Yeah, um, so you can have gas go back up. Yep, and then any whenever you have carbonated beverages, all the excess carbon dioxide is going to just come right back up. Um, so burping and farting also remove gas, reduce swelling and pain in your abdomen and stuff. Um, and a funny thing is is that if you were to take out your larynx, which is you know your, basically your vocal folds and how yep. you talk, um, you can still talk to people by burp talking. I'm sorry, what? So you can bypass your vocal folds. By burp talking. <laughs> what? And so, so people who have like laryngectomies due to having like larynx cancer and things can communicate before they have any of those microphone things in there. Uh, uh, whatever that hole is that they make. Stoma. Stoma, yeah. Uh, you can just burp talk. That's fucking <laughs> terrifying and yep. awesome at the same time. Imagine that was like your sole mode of communication. <laughs> just Shit, like, grab me another really, coke. It's so inefficient, like yeah. what I was just doing. Yeah. Um, so then... Farting. Uh, usually you fart more when you eat things that are high in uh, certain polysaccharides. So, such as? Such as beans, lentils, dairy products, onions, garlic, <gasps> beans, spring. Beans, the magical fruit. The more you eat, the more you toot. The more you toot, the better you feel. So eat beans with every meal. But also like potatoes and bread and stuff. Even broccoli, <laughs> cabbage, cauliflower. Um, and then mostly... Oh, broccoli does make me gasp. Yeah, yeah, it fucking does. Oh, God. God, it's the worst. Unless you, If you cook it, it's less bad. Because um, I guess that would break down some of this stuff beforehand. Hey. Um, ah. So hydrogen, carbon dioxide, and methane all produced in your gut. And <laughs> yep. are, oh, that's like 74% of your, of your farts. Um, and that doesn't really smell at all. Those are all smellless things. Um, in fact, over 99% of your farts don't have smells. Really? So yep. what's that smell coming from? So the smell is coming from uh, sulfury stuff. Okay. So just volatile sulfur compounds. Sulfur, by the way, is the same sort of chemical that makes rotten eggs smell. Yep. So when you fart, it's like the smell is sulfide things that are coming out of you. There's there's other things too, but we, we actually haven't really figured it out completely yet. We're like certain about the volatile sulfur compounds, but there's some other stuff too. Oh, weird. We're still figuring out. I wonder who like studies that. Like fart and peoples you grow up and like just study flatulence as a thing like what happens what sort of gases do you eject when you fart that's pretty cool that'd be a cool job oh whoa that's funny so my parents who they were you know they were texting me about um how i was constipated as a child they uh -huh. were not in the same room with each other when they were texting me so they didn't realize the other one had texted me that's kind of funny hilarious See, your parents text you things that are helpful. My dad texted me, fart on the air, please. I mean, I'll do what it if I can. 13, dad? <laughs> so, interestingly, uh, they have done studies. Although we're definitely going to do it, but again. <laughs> there, are, there are studies uh, done. This only had a sample size of nine people. But significantly, only five of the people had gut bacteria capable of producing methane. So your oh, farts don't weird. always have methane in them. What? Yeah, it's I thought weird, methane right? was like the main component of farts. For cows. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, though. Well, I was just confused then. <laughs> <laughs> the prevalence of methane over hydrogen in human farts may correlate with obesity. What? what? So, uh, and also constipation and 
IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, potentially. Because, 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 because of all the wonderful things he bought. Yes. Um, <laughs> the specific bacteria that take the hydrogen and uh, oxidize it into methane. Uh -huh. So methane is CH4, one carbon, four hydrogens. So if you take a bunch of, of the hydrogen and connect it to some carbons, then you have less hydrogen and more methane. And so now there's more methane than hydrogen. Um, is the same bacteria that basically promotes your ability to absorb fatty acids from food so you may be fatter because you're better at absorbing fat that's hilarious and yeah. then as a side effect your farts are less methane -y? more methane -y. more methane -y. yeah yeah, yeah. That's so yeah so bizarre yep so that's a risk factor for obesity is being having more methane -y farts <laughs> Potentially. How do, you, how do you test that? Uh, like, fart in a jar? Yeah, you can't smell it, so <laughs> someone's got to do some studies on it. Probably fart into like a vacuum and, just, <laughs> and then oh measure all the gases. Doctor, are you sure this is a real procedure? Yeah, just now fart on the Hoover, please. <laughs> so then there's also constipation, which we kind of already talked about, but there's like a bajillion things that cause constipation you didn't have enough fiber you didn't drink enough fluids you stopped exercising there's took too much medication you've got hypothyroidism you have colorectal cancer that's an unlikely one but it's a thing that can happen it can obstruct your butt um obstructing your butt and then there's also uh, voluntary withholding of the stool because you're like i don't want to poop in public uh or i don't want to get up and go to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> or like it might hurt because i have a uh uh, what you call it? What the, the, oh man, I can't remember the word. You got a lump. The thing we we're talking about with Shane, you got a, a it's like hemorrhoid, hemorrhoid, hemorrhoids. <laughs> it's like, uh. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Basically, if you want to try and fix it, uh, drink some fluids, have some fiber, maybe take some laxatives if you need to. I don't know if doing the bicycle and trying to work it out is a thing that actually works, but maybe, maybe you could try that too. <laughs> Magic little baby Zach with his like, little legs going in the air. It's like, oh, there, there it is. Aww. Then there's also heartburn, which is what just... is heartburn? It's, is it's, it actually my heart on fire? Yes, is it, it is like literally heart your heart. No, no, it's not. It's, it's stomach acid going into a part of your body that's near your heart because it's basically climbing up your esophagus because your esophageal sphincter has been like, ah, just relaxed. And now you're just like, it's just like, and then all of a sudden there's stomach acid in your esophagus. And your esophagus is not prepared to deal with stomach acid the same way your stomach is with that mucus lining. Exactly. And so it starts to tear apart your esophagus and yeah. your teeth if it gets all the way up to your mouth. Which is why, actually, uh, one of the symptoms of bulimia is like having bad teeth mm -hmm. because lots of vomit can degrade the lining of your teeth. So it's a good sign. Um, but yeah, basically vomiting is pre pretty, pretty bad. Yep. Pretty bad in general. Although I usually feel amazing afterwards. It's true. It's true. I mean the whole, let's talk about vomiting for a bit. The whole point of vomiting is like your body going, Oh shit, there's some weird thing in me. Get it out as fast as possible. I yep. swallow something weird. I need to get rid of this. <laughs> like you drink too much and your brain goes, this is a toxin that's in my body and I'm fucked up. You idiot. You go <laughs> and just spit it back out. Reverse eating. And, um, <laughs> so, so yeah, but that's the thing. If you do it too much, vomiting is very acidic because it's coming from your stomach, which has a lot of acid, literally hydrochloric acid yeah, coming out of you. So, that's terrifying. So yeah, acid reflux is like just very slight vomit. It's like vomit that didn't come all the way up out of your mouth. 
so heartburn can be caused by obesity, has some effect on it, certain medications. If you have like certain a foods, hernia, right? yeah, certain foods probably depending on how well you can personally like absorb them or how quickly you eat them or if you do a bunch of jumping jacks right afterwards. Um, and then it's also often caused by stress because when you get stressed, your sympathetic nervous system just relaxes all of your sphincters. <laughs> And so it's harder to keep your Holy your shit. stuff down. That's very strange. Yeah, whenever I get stressed, I really start to have to poop more for sure. <laughs> but I'm also a special special butterfly when it comes special to pooping. Special butterfly with your butt. <laughs> then, butterfly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. Well, give me a fist bump. Nice. Um, then there's also borborygmus. That is an awesome word. This whole show has been made up of nothing but awesome words. Epipatus. Borborygmus. Just try and guess what it is if I go borborygmus, borborygmus, borborygmus. Oh, that makes it sounds like my stomach. I don't know. Yeah, like your stomach gurgling, right? Oh, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yes, wait, that's the name for stomach gurgling is borborygmus. Borborygmus, borborygmus. It sounds just like it. Are we sure it's not just named that? Like they just threw random syllables together because it sounded good? I hope it is. All that is, it's like it's gas bubbles and fluid churning from peristalsis squishing everything around. And another thing that happens is... Wait, why does it happen when you're hungry? I was literally about to say that. Excellent question. <laughs> Great question, Dave. So when you're hungry, after about two hours since the stomach has been fully emptied, it sends signals to the brain, and then your digestive muscles uh, restart peristalsis in a wave. Um, basically, food left behind after your digestion is like swept up and then just moved around just to get it back through the rest of the cycle oh, and then okay. your stomach is just vibrating but empty so it's like blah, 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 and then it makes you hungry oh so it's not like a symptom of hunger it literally causes yeah. hunger uh-huh. what the fuck <laughs> what yeah that is a total mind i think fun. it like jiggles and it doesn't feel anything it's like well you must be and hungry it, like, trigger, it tells empty. your nerves like hey tell the brain that we don't have any food in here <laughs> even though it already told the brain we didn't have any food to start oh damn it. i just farted so and i had my chance yeah, you idiot to put the microphone You're right so there. i'm so sorry listeners you didn't get to hear me fart all right uh let's talk about diarrheas <laughs> oh god so there's like five different kinds of diarrhea we'll talk about two of them so secretory secretory sec- it's like secretion yeah sec- secretory. secretory diarrhea uh common cause of this is a virus bacteria or parasite of some sort basically not to be confused with secretary diarrhea which is when you need to get your uh, person who does all your notes checked out <laughs> she's just pooping all over her seat <laughs> why do you assume she oh man i'm s- yeah good point that's uh yeah when they z i don't know anyway uh yeah so increases liquid secretion in the stomach these virus and bacteria and parasite do <laughs> that was a t- <laughs> what? what was that basically sentence? all the stuff that's in your stomach that is liquidy and m- mushes around with your food uh-huh. you get extra of that okay and so your poop is extra watery and oh, sh- okay. shoots through your colon and small intestine and it can't get absorbed the water can't get taken out quickly enough and so you have a big old wet poop <laughs> diarrhea I continue to hope that all of our listeners are eating while listening to the show because it's very important to me. <laughs> There's also osmotic diarrhea. So if you eat too much salt and sugary stuff without drinking much water, uh, there's like a concentration gradient. You have all this non-water stuff in your stomach and uh, more your intestines. And then so the water that's on the outside of your intestines goes, well, I mean, there's a bunch of free space here. And just whoosh and shoots into your intestine. And it goes the wrong way. It's supposed to be being pulled out, but it goes in instead. And then your poop gets all wet. 
and other things that can cause it is uh, if you just have maldigestion of any kind. Okay. So if you have like lactose intolerance, you can't get rid of the lactose. Uh, if you have irritable bowel disease or ir- 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 mm, in, I forget IBS and I- inflammatory bowel disease, irritable bowel syndrome, IBD, IBS, different things. Um, basically, you get stuff left in your intestines, like too much stuff. Whoa, uh, and so water gets sucked in, and then you get all your poop gets wet. Weird. Uh, yeah, diarrhea, <laughs> and it can cause dehydration because it's ripping the water out of your body instead of giving it back to you, and you just poop it out. That's disgusting. It's really bad. You can die yeah. from that. So, yeah, so we talked about how, you know, at least for diarrhea, you're literally just pooping out water, and if you're not keeping that water in you, which causes you to dehydrate, and uh, you die. You can die from diarrhea. Also, one of the symptoms of uh diarrheal diseases are not having tears when you cry because you literally don't have water to expend yeah it's pretty the worst pretty the worst all right what other what other things are let's there? talk about the big old bad boy bad things that everyone hates all right so we talked about the more simple the smaller ones like constipation heartburn you know these things happen you know occasionally like diarrhea like as bad as it is like Everybody gets diarrhea every now and then. Maybe you just ate something weird. It's you're probably fine. It's and just yeah, too much. As long as you're in the Western you. world, uh, like diarrhea is gonna be hopefully not a big deal. Yeah. Um, but if you have IBD, inflammatory bowel disease, so named because it is involved in the inflammation of your bowels, aka your intestines. Um, <sighs> there's a few different kinds here. Uh, so the one I have is ulcerative colitis. So this is real fun. You get inflammation and ulcers in your colon. Yeah. The main symptom is that you get bloody diarrhea mixed with mucus. Oh, God. That's and, hor- the worst. and horrible abdominal pain. Oh, my God. And also rectal tenesmus. What is that? Uh, a feeling of incomplete defecation. Ooh, so you poop and you still feel like you have to poop? Even if you don't have to poop That's at all. That's so annoying. It's the worst. It's Jesus so Christ. annoying. You're like, oh. Uh, and then there's also, I specifically experience urgency. Which is like, like as soon as I have to go, I have to go. Yeah, that's it's actually funny because living with Zach for the last two years has like taught me that like, you know, if I have to, you know, go to the bathroom or whatever, I can usually like hold it. But when Zach says he needs to go to the bathroom, get the fuck out of the shower. He needs to go, or he's gonna poop in the hall. It's so bad. It's 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 worse than the Another mornings. Another reason on the long list of reasons why Zach is probably a pet. <laughs> yes, I was definitely meant to be a, a pet, just to poop all over your house. <laughs> So rub your nose in it. One of the distinguishing features of ulcerative colitis is that it only affects your colon. Colitis. Ah, interesting yeah. name. Because Inflama- itis is a suffix meaning yep. inflammation. Yep. So uh, there's no known cause. Eh. Wait. So we, we just have no idea what causes it? We have some. There's some genetic component. There's okay. uh, environmental effects. There's things that have to do with uh, changes in your gut microbiome, but no one's really pinned down. Gotcha. What the thing is? That's super weird. Yeah. So there's there's different um, what is the word severities? So I have mild. So that's like, you know, uh, I poop a lot, and when it's controlled with medication, I don't really get the blood and mucus stuff. Moderate is like, you know, you're pooping quite a bit, um, but you know, you start to have like a fever sometimes. You have a flare up. You might have low grade anemia where you don't need iron supplements, but you really are like kind of not really getting enough iron because you're weird. just losing it. Um, Severe is like you're pooping like six times a day, oh and, they're, and they're bloody every time. Oh god! And and it's just you're it's like the worst. Oh, your your heart rate can jack up. Horrible fever. 
uh, and then fulminant disease is when you're going more than 10 times a day, you're constantly, it's a mess. It's just really, oh, so I've got, as far, I have colitis. That sucks. I got lucky. That's I only have mild worse. colitis and it's yeah. like pretty much totally controlled by medication. But, uh, you know, sometimes you gotta, I take like three sets of three pills a day or four, I guess, technically. Um, and then, uh, sometimes if I have a flare up, there's, uh, my options are like suppositories or, uh, enemas. Um, but then, like, I haven't had to have, like, steroidal treatments or anything, Ooh, which yeah, is, like, be would be bad side effects usually. So, I have been lucky. There's also something called Crohn's disease, which is, um, can sort of be classified as a colitis, sort of, but it's, it's not, it doesn't just affect your colon. It's more, it's a regional enteritis, which is inflammation of your intestines. Okay. Uh, so, one of my cousins has this, and it's, he has to, like, he has fully changed his diet to accommodate his condition so he doesn't have flare-ups. It's... It's uh, oh so that's another important thing. Colitis is um changing your diet like may or may not really help. I haven't really noticed anything like you know st I stopped drinking milk and nothing happened. It didn't get it, in fact it got worse I think. Um so that actually when I first had this I thought I was lactose intolerant briefly. No. Oh yeah, okay. So just don't don't just assume lactose intolerance if milk makes your stomach upset. Go to a doctor. <laughs> um and uh, much our advice for most things yeah don't assume anything go see a fucking doctor yeah seriously so Crohn's disease is like pretty brutal again there are different severities of it huh. but this one it, it could be like a number of different things combined like there's like 70 different causes of it I was reading. there's like genetic shit. and environmental factors again and some gut microbiome stuff but it's it's all like a every they've pinned down like I think like 70 different genes that can affect it 70? or something. Yeah, Good it's crazy. Lord. And each one that you have, like turned on or off in a certain way, like in, like increases your risk some amount. Oh my god! So it's like it's really nuts. Um, in colitis, if you have your colon removed, mm. you can't have colitis anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crohn's disease, you can have your colon removed. You'll still have Crohn's in the rest of your body. Ugh. Um, like because it's a whole massive immune system thing. It's like far more uh systemic than colitis gotcha so uh you know it can cause malabsorption of nutrients and it, like basically your intestines don't work right so you have like really fatty poops that like float and smell terrible and it's just like fatty poops that was my nickname in sixth grade <laughs> and there's uh some of them like there are many diets proposed for the treatment but none of them have been proven to cure it some of them improve the symptoms uh cutting out or increasing fiber depending on where you're at sure um Avoiding lactose and casein, which is another milk, milk protein, protein. Uh, and gluten are all things that may help if you have that. Uh, then there's IBS. So IBD was inflammatory bowel syndrome. IBS is irritable bowel. No, damn it. You had it right. It was irritable. It was inflammatory it was bowel, bowel disease. disease. And then IBS is irritable bowel syndrome. Okay. Again, so that's IBS. No cure. That's the worst. Your risk will increase after bacterial infection. So there's like. A definitely a microbiome component here like hugely oh yeah um, oh cool okay. and a loss of microbiome diet so bi like we talked about earlier with the gut microbiome yeah. how this you know diversity a lack of diversity can affect you in different ways this is a very serious way in which it can affect you ibs sucks yep and uh although 70 percent of people on ibs with ibs benefit from a low fodmap diet what does that uh, mean? fodmaps are just short chain carbohydrates that are absorbed poorly in the small intestine like uh, okay, so you're avoiding cutting out things that are simple sugars. Yeah. Okay. Kind of. Yeah. That makes so sense. That can help. And so, and eating more soluble fiber tends to help. Sure. The primary symptoms are abdominal pain and discomfort with frequent diarrhea or constipation, um, urgency, tenesmus, bloating, 
abdominal distension. Uh, in some cases, the symptoms are relieved by bowel movements, and usually this is like diagnosed as like, oh, well, you're not bleeding, so it's probably not Crohn's or colitis, yeah. but there's still something horribly wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then there's uh, celiac disease. So this is the this is the reason why people should be gluten free if you have this or Crohn's, I guess. But like, this is the big thing that really is you need to be gluten free, otherwise yeah. you will straight up die. So really? uh, yeah. So basically, what happens is like not immediately, but over time, you will be unable to absorb nutrients. So what is celiac disease? So celiac disease is an autoimmune disorder, as are all the things I just mentioned. Yep. Um, and so that basically means your immune system is just attacking its the, your body because it's confused, unfortunately. Uh, so symptoms of this, pain and discomfort in the digestive tract, chronic, con chronic constipation and or diarrhea, uh, anemia, fatigue, um, and then other s symptoms in other organs, and nutrient malabsorption. So what happens is gliadin, which is a gluten protein found in wheat and other similar proteins to it, which are in like barley and rye, will cause your immune system to basically react like attack that and then cross react with your like small intestine, uh -huh. the epithelial layer that we we're talking about. So it truncates your villi, so Ooh, they get real those short. Little finger things. Yeah, Ugh. it just basically chops them off on the top, ah. and then all of a sudden you can't hang can't on to food. Stuff yeah, very well. Because, yeah, so sure. These will regrow in a few weeks, but if you keep eating gluten, it'll keep tearing them apart until you can't absorb nutrients anymore. Oh my god! And every time you eat gluten, it immediately truncates them. Jesus and the, Christ! The only known solution to celiac disease is a gluten-free diet. Huh. Yeah. That is very bizarre. That seems pretty awful. Yep. It's pretty much, it sounds like the worst. So have we, have we talked about most of the uh, problems with the, the yeah. thing? What about lactose intolerance? Did we talk about that at all? Uh, I don't think we did. Yeah, so lactose intolerance. So first things first, we really need to switch the terms. Lactose intolerance is a very bad term because we think of it in terms of like, oh, well, most people, you know, are lactose tolerant. And lactose intolerance is the name of a disease. No. For sure, <laughs> no. That's not how it fucking works. Most of the world is lactose intolerant. It's rarer to find lactose tolerance. It's just in the Western world, lactose tolerance is very prevalent. So, lactose tolerance is basically, as a baby, you drink breast milk, and uh, you're able to break down lactose with this enzyme called lactase, which you talked about earlier. And... Uh, when you have this lactase, it helps break down lactose, but as you grow up, and this isn't in just humans either, this is in most, this is in pretty much every mammal, uh, once you start growing up and you no longer drink mother's breast milk, you start to lose your ability to create lactose. So, as you grow up, most adults can no longer process lactose, and so it upsets our stomach gives them symptoms like constipation or diarrhea or pain or you know all those things so it's rarer that we have people who continue to make lactase throughout their lives the reason that we're able to do that is because of very strange uh it's a really strange really rapid evolutionary response all we have is like you know we continue to drink milk throughout our lives and that tells our body to like continue to make lactase which is great so I can drink milk, because I love milk. Milk is pretty good. And then also, apparently, you can take someone who's lactose intolerant and make them lactose tolerant. You give them small uh, glasses of milk or whatever, low levels of lactose, and build it up slowly over time to get their lactase production back up to, back up to snuff. So lactose intolerance is entirely, uh, your body says, ah, eh, we don't need it. Just cut. We're just not even going to make the thing that breaks down lactose. But... 
in most of the Western world, we drink we milk kept, a lot. Yeah, we so we just milk. kept drinking milk. And so we kept up our lactose levels. And so our body said, okay, we can't turn off this lactase-producing gene. So we continue to make lactase. Yay. Yay. So you may have noticed something interesting about this episode in that we talked about pooping, but not peeing. What? Doesn't yeah, that we seem did. weird? So the reason for that is that urination is not part of your digestive system. It's an entirely different system. Yes, it enters through the same hole, but once it gets absorbed through your small, once like any food, you, any drinks you drink get absorbed in, into your body, it goes through a completely separate pathway. Yeah, basically, stuff goes into your bloodstream, and then it, your kidney grabs it all, and then compiles it into your bladder, and then you pee it out. Yeah, so, it's real weird. Yeah, but. Yeah, urination is an entirely different system that's just as complicated, like really, really complicated. Uh, urine, oh, by the way, urine is not sterile. Not, it's not a thing. It's, it's not sterile, so don't, don't drink your pee. Don't, don't drink your pee. Just don't do don't it. Eat, don't eat your poop. Yeah. I mean, Unless, okay, you know, if you are, have no food at all and you know you are healthy, you can reconsume your poop and get a very, very actually, small amount of leftover calories and nutrients. I talked about Copper earlier. Um, lots of animals do this, especially animals that eat uh, lots of plant materials. So they eat their poop again to send it through digestion again to get as much nutrient uh, matter as possible from that food. But we don't. We digest we, everything. We don't like, need to do that. Very well the we first time. We can just eat more food if necessary. So don't don't, eat, don't your, eat, your don't poop, eat your poop. Don't drink your pee. It's ridiculous that we have to fucking say that, Bear Grylls. But... <laughs> But he anyway. was lost in the wild with only his camera crew in a city nearby. <laughs> All right. Nah, he's cool. I like so, him. I think. That about wraps up digestion. We got to head out a little early because hockey's back. <laughs> but Go big I think what's great about this show is that we're a scientific, really respectable talk show that gets to burp and fart on air. Like That's we we are wonderful. the perfect mix between like National Geographic and that like weekly shock jock DJ. <laughs> if National Disney National Geographic, they don't even have they don't do the real things anymore. Yeah, because they got purchased by Rupert fucking Murdoch. Who, that's you know what we're not gonna get into that here. So thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to our show about poop. We hope you almost vomited several times. That was our goal. Um, and we'll be back next week with who knows what? Maybe parasites. I can't wait to do parasites. Dude, that's trying to awesome. fart on the I was. I can't. I don't have it in me right don't now. Don't have it. Literally. <laughs> Alrighty. Gotta let my cold. We'll see you next work. week. Woo! <laughs>